Okay, so this is the introduction to Status Alternative. Yeah, this is my very first podcast. My name's Brittany. I am starting off this podcast. Basically, what I aim to do with this podcast is just talk about my experiences being a black female, being a fan of comic books, professional wrestling, hard rock and heavy metal music. And yeah, so for my first episode, I have my best friend of the past, what, 14, 15 years? Going on 15 years in about September. We're getting old. We're getting very old. (laughs) So this episode is the introduction episode. So I thought none other than to have my best friend of 15 years, who's kind of my kindred spirit of being on this earth who shares my experiences, uh, my best friend, Carrie Gaston. Hey, guys. Also, because I'm dead inside like she is. Yeah, well, yeah. There's that, too. That has been keeping this friendship going for 15 years. Dead on the inside, but we got nothing but love for each other. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like all the best friendships, really, right? Yeah. Like Sherlock Holmes and and his bud Watson. I think that's like a... Kind of love, hate, love, but mostly love type thing, you know? Right. We're a brotherhood. Yeah. But we're a sisterhood. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I think what we're going to go over in this uh, episode, we're probably just going to talk about like our first impressions of each other, uh, how we've maintained this friendship, because there are times when this friendship has been like a long distance friendship at times. Uh how we've maintained it. Uh, we're going to ramble on with some stories and then we're going to get into promoting what Carrie's got going on in the future and what she has going on now. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's do the first impressions of each other. So, you want to go first? It's your show. I'm just here as a guest. <laughs> All right. So, Listen. picture it. Sicily, 19... No, I'm <laughs> No, um... <laughs> When I first met Carrie, uh, this was like back in Chicago because we're currently recording this at my dad's house in Selma, Alabama. Uh, we met in Chicago, Rogers Park, more or less, uh, seventh grade at Jordan Elementary School. So when I first met Carrie, I didn't really think, like I, I saw her, but I remember like a lot of people kind of just staring at her because she was like, she was new to the school there was this guy, Bishop, mm-hmm. and they kind of look related, and it kind of looked like the girls that were in our class kind of were like, who is this chick, who is she, who is she, and then who's this guy? Because, you know, Bishop was cute. Yeah, he was, a, he was a cute guy. He was. He was cute. And, like, I just remember, okay, she seems, like, you know, quiet, reserved, kind of to herself and everything, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, she's cool. So, what... That that was my first impression of you. Like, okay, here's this new kid. All right, whatever. Okay. So what was your first impression <laughs> mine, of me? Mine of Brittany was, with everybody always staring at me, Brittany was the one person that didn't stare at me and wasn't shooting, like, energy daggers towards me. Because, like, like she said, the girls like Bishop, and they thought, oh, either that's his sister, or they they know each other, so what's their deal? Hmm. So either way, there's like uh, this light-skinned woman, <laughs> light-skinned black cute. Not. Uh, I don't think I was cute, but I guess in their eyes they did, cause a lot of them really later in the year definitely tried to fight me, and 
I'm a lover, not a fighter, mm. but I can run. Anyways, sorry to segue, but um, yeah, Brittany was the only one that didn't look like that. She just, you know, had her head in her notebook and her textbook. So I'm like, okay, so she's studious, she's smart. And then, you know, the stereotypical, you know, thought I had because she wore glasses was, hey, she's smart. <laughs> but yeah, you know, quiet, reserved also. So I'm like, okay, she's not like these crazy ass Rogers Park people because, you know, I'm black, so I can say this. They was fucking ghetto. They were. But, you know, nature versus nurture. So, yeah. What can you say? But... I thought Brittany was a cool, laid-back person. thought she was shy because I never heard her speak unless she was called on in class. But at least I knew she wasn't going to talk bad about people because... I was not looking for that. I was not... Man, I was not about that energy. I knew she was a good kid because in black culture, there's a thing of be seen, not heard. So all the good kids would rather just be seen and they wouldn't want to get popped in the mouth for talking. Much like our unfortunate classmates who were just loud and obnoxious so that's how we knew hey we're probably not like these psychos probably not because like i know for me early on like i'm a very like laid back type of person i really don't like confrontation at all like i get angry like i am willing to like hop off at anybody but not so much to the point where it's like oh I'm gonna beat you up or I'm just gonna mess with you because you look quiet I was that kid that was like I really want to just stay in the background and I'm still (laughs) much to that day till this day but like so like I remember um I remember like being friends with you like our friendship like through association and then there was that one girl we knew I forget her name. Toshiba. No no not her. It was the (laughs) other girl. It was the taller girl with the braids. She was in your class. No she was in your class because remember you weren't part of the regular classes you were with the kids that were in that classroom upstairs. Yeah. She was a taller girl kind of heavy set. Tall. Oh Jasmine? No. Not the bad one. She was what well I know who I'm talking about, and I can picture her face, but she was, like, one of the nicer ones that we sort of was, like, that bridge on how we got to know each other. It's funny. I don't remember any kids from that classroom upstairs. They put, by the way, so the funny thing, I can't believe I'm going to say this on this podcast. Oh, why not? So that classroom, when I transferred, they lost, they mixed up my test scores, with another person's. I remember and you telling me this. they put me in a freak... Not that there's anything wrong with this. But they put me in a special education class. You know, the kids who have some learning disabilities. And, you know, by the way, in, this, in the classroom... Up, the classroom's upstairs. It's kind of like the kids under the stairs. Anyways. Uh, I was... They just, like, the teachers were always annoyed by me up there because the classwork was, like, literally for, like, fifth graders. Right. And we were in seventh grade. So they they would just get frustrated, like, hey, well, you may know it, but the others don't. So after I just kept complaining, it took about a month or so of me complaining to my crazy mom for her to actually talk to the guidance counselor. And then they looked over my test scores and everything and realized, oh, wait, this isn't your name. It's just in your folder. And it was another girl who belonged in the special ed class. I don't know where she was. But either way, 
So I was with, I was in a special ed class for about a, a month. And then I came downstairs and I, I joined the regular kids in Brittany's class. Air quotes, regular kids. Air quotes. Yeah. I remember one day like vividly, cause there was like, there was another girl who transferred in, uh, Jasmina. Yeah. I remember Jasmina and I remember like, it was like, I was friends with her because like she, once again here, I was like being that olive branch of like trying to be nice to the new kids and everything. Cause you know, I know what it's like. This was like what my first time ever experiencing transferring into a new school. Cause prior to that, I was going to like a elementary school, like on the other part of the city. And then like we, my brothers and I, we ended up getting transferred to Jordan cause it was closer to our district. So what or, grade did you transfer into Jordan? I was in the fifth grade. When okay, I so you were yeah. there about a couple years couple yeah. before I popped up. Yeah, I was there for a good two years, so I had like that experience of like being around some of these kids and an outsider. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> yeah, because a lot of these kids have been with each other since like the like probably pre-K. And, or and you opened your tall white tall arms, and you were like, "Join me, my weird children." Pretty much. Join us. Because it was like, I remember <laughs> I was trying, I, like, it was me, this other kid. Um, we, basically, like, the kids that really just were, like, kind of like the social outcast. We didn't necessarily fit in with, like, the other kids that were, like... Kind of like when they don't know what to call a cool musician and they just throw them in the alternative category. Huh? We were the alternative kids. Pretty much, that's the basis of this, like, podcast, to be honest with you. So, like, I was friends with Jasmina, like, a little shortly after, because once again, she came in right around the same time you did, and, like, she came in, like, prior to you getting there. So, we kind of were, like, the three, like, kind of, like, the unofficial three amigos before, <laughs> like, Jasmina started, like, remember Dion? Oh, wait, that, he was an intelligent version of Joseph Green. <laughs> My... <laughs> but yeah, um, he was there and then like she kind of gravitated towards them. And then, you know, they did the equivalent of seventh graders of dating. And I use that in air quotes and that was a thing. But they, it was kind of like a us versus them thing, but unofficially. Or at least in my mind, it felt like that because it was like, okay, here's like two other people who are girls who understand like, oh, these people are irritating and these people are like, these people are just like that mob mentality of being teenage, like preteen girls and everything. So it's like, great. Um, we're awkward. We're kind of banding together. And then shortly thereafter, uh, Jasmina joined them. <laughs> But she was like, she joined them and then transferred out, didn't come back to school. It was a whole thing. Hello I'm not getting from into the that. Other side. Pretty much, but I'm not, that's not important. But yeah, it was like the three of us until it became like you, me. And then it shortly after Jasmina left, then it was like Toshiba and Abigail. And they were like breaking away. So yeah, um, it was like, what was it? We were talking about um, Toshiba and Abigail, and they kind of drifted to drifted to the dark side. I'm not meaning just because, you know, never mind. <laughs> Let me turn it down. This is a, we're a PG-13 podcast, guys, so, you This know. is actually whatever it is going to be, but we're going to try and... We're respectable people. Of course. 
But yeah, so like I remember it was us four technically. Because it was like they, Toshiba just came in and was trying to break away from that whole social, that unofficial social um, hierarchy within like as far as you can get with like seventh graders at the time. Because like seventh graders are like, I attribute my middle school, seventh grade was a good year, but I attribute all of middle school to being like the like media version of what people think high school is where it's like it's very clicky and you got your popular kids and stuff like that i attribute all that high school bs that they told you in movies to my middle school because high school was nothing like this it was nothing like this but it was like ptsd from middle school um, i had it too don't you don't even trip chocolate chip. Just being awkward <laughs> oh. and everything. So they drifted apart from that. Looking but then... back at it now, looking back at it now, it's kind of like, yeah, Toshiba didn't want to be in like the main hierarchical group of girls, like Brittany said. But looking back, it's kind of like she was trying to make her own. And I think Abigail was like her first like recruit. recruit. <laughs> Pretty much. And then it was like some other girls like Sandra. It was like a... Like, two other girls. Like, I remember Tanya. Yeah. Varius and Martinez. But, yeah. Toshiba and Abigail, yeah. They definitely broke away from, like, it wasn't my crew, but Britney's crew. And I was in Britney's crew. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Because they definitely wanted to beat my butt. (laughs) They wanted to beat my short ass. uh, Yeah. They did. Abigail pulled my hair. When we were standing in line and our English teacher saw it, like our homeroom teacher, and she had a meeting, called a meeting with, uh, I think I like cursed her out or, I think I cursed her out or something like the, like the, like Abigail, but either way, the, our teacher at Miss Lovell was like, Carrie, Abigail, so long story short, my crazy mom ended up having to come to the school and, you know, she put on her nice white lady voice, even though she's black. Every every black person knows when you have to code switch. This has to be another thing for our, for your people, listeners, who don't know what code switching is in black culture. But it's basically when a black person, they have different levels of what white voice they want to use for a certain situation. So they don't make... So we don't make the white people feel uncomfortable because of how they feel. Not because we're uncomfortable, because their crazy asses are. Anyways, so after that, my mom was like, all right, uh, I want that something to happen to that girl. I give her, like, prefer to get in trouble, whatever. When I got home, she didn't care about that girl getting attention. She was upset that I didn't beat her ass. And this is my mom's voice. By the way, she smokes like a lot of cigarettes. So it's almost like a pack a day. So it's kind of deep. Most people, when they would call me from, well, really, it was Brittany. When she would call home and my mom would pick up, she was first like, is that your uncle? <laughs> Legit. I was like, I was just like, this was, but. But yeah, either way, she was like, God damn it, Karen. Why didn't you beat their ass? Now I told you. Now they're going to think you a fool. And then they could just pull anything off on you. So yeah, I got in trouble for not fighting back. But yeah. So that happened. And then Toshiba. I don't know what happened. Do you remember? Because she wanted to fight me at some point. She tried cursing me out in Mr. Mahon's class. Our social studies teacher. Do you remember that? (laughs) 
I just remember being in the middle of you both in social studies, but I don't remember you getting into. An, I think I do remember you getting into. She an was argument. cursing out loud and for everybody to hear. Well, I'm just like, can you just stop it? Like we're in class. Like, come on, bro. Right. But she had to take the stereotypical path and get loud as hell and be like, start clapping the hands on every syllable. Like, I'm gonna beat your ass. Da, 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 da. But yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember why she went off? No. Nope. What her problem was? Nope. Yeah, neither do I. So I honestly don't know why she was yelling at you for some strange <laughs> reason. As usual, I find myself in the middle of like torn between two people, as usual. But it is what it is. It was a thing that happened. She tried to like. Be, I don't know what she was trying to do or what she was trying to achieve at that point. But, you know, it kind of goes with that whole, like, feeling of, like, I don't know why, but for some strange reason, people just felt threatened by you because you, like, challenged everything. How did I even challenge it, though? By just existing and just voicing your opinions on things and not just, like, you were, not like, one of with them? Right. You were, like, one of the first people I had met that was, like, you know what? I'm going to speak out and tell you why this is stupid. You were the first, because, like, what? It was Orlando and Diego, yeah. and it was, like, they were just the quiet kids that played Uno. And Andre, and, I think, right? Blueberry. Yes, Blueberry. We were, like, just, like, the quiet kids that kind of just stuck to ourselves, and we didn't want, we, we didn't want any trouble, but you were the one that was, like, okay, first of all, I don't know why you're upset with me, but I'm gonna tell you why it's stupid that you should be upset with me. Oh, Oh, I, I wasn't excited. See, now it's funny because now I like a piece of. Now that I'm an adult, 26, I have a I have a piece of mind. I'm gonna let you just be all ignorant and just go crazy. I mean, I'm just gonna sit here and look at you like you crazy, whatever. I don't. I could care less. Right. Now I wish I had that. <laughs> I do wish I had that when I was younger. That I was more. I wish I could have just been quiet because it wasn't worth my time or energy. Like, now that I'm older, you can't really, you can't talk smart to stupid. You know, in lame terms, you just can't. Like, when someone doesn't have, like, the emotional intelligence for what you're saying, they won't understand you. But what I wish I had, what I wish I had done, I wish I had been more vocal at home. Like, when it came to my crazy mother about stuff, I wish I had spoke up for myself then. You know, even if to her it would have been talking back, but that would have made me feel better about situations and that I wish I could have just spoken out and not held all of my feelings inside because that mattered to me. The people at school, you know, they're not family, you know, so they're just, you're not going to see these kids when you graduate, you know. So I wish I had been quiet then. That would have saved me a lot of them wanting to beat my butt <laughs> back then, 7th and 8th grade, so... But yeah, but to be fair, to be foul, quoting letter, Kenny, uh, to be fair, it was, um, it was only two years. It was only two it years. It was a long it was, two years. It was a very long two years, but it was only two years. Especially because of the winters in Chicago just seemed to go on forever. Mm. So we're going to fast track. So we've maintained a friendship, but I will get into one story. So there was a beta club because me and you were part what? of beta club. Beta, beta club. Was essentially for the kids that maintained an A, B, or A average and were like essentially the smart kid club. 
<laughs> like the nerdy kid club. So it was like the kids that were like the smart kids and everything. So we were on a beta club trip. And I legit was trying so, 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 so very hard not to try and be, um, I didn't have a backbone. Let's just say that. I didn't have a backbone and I didn't know what it meant to be a decent friend, especially towards somebody who actually did care about me. So I was like really, really like trying to push Carrie away to like, I I guess I just was like. I had developed my very first anxiety attack because I thought, like, oh, crap, these girls are going to try and fight me because I didn't have a backbone to stand up for myself, which, looking back, was like, okay, it's a thing that happened. There's no reason to sweat over it. Stand up for yourself with what, though? Was there an incident or just in general? or No, it was just me just being afraid of, like, getting into a confrontation with somebody mm-hmm. and just not being that type of personality to, like, go through with that like is this what's gonna happen so what happened was like throughout this trip I was just like such a a crappy friend like I was a really shitty friend I was like basically telling Carrie like hey can you not do this can you not do that just and then it got to the point where she actually you told mom (laughs) so I like to refer to my mom as her mom because she's been like a really solid mother figure to her for all these years like, her nickname's Mama Irby. So, I, she was like, she told my mom about it. And I was like, how the hell are you going to snitch on me to my mom about how I'm not a good friend to you? What type of crap is that? But in actuality, it was like, my mom came up to me. He's like, so, are you and Carrie, like, friends? Or like, I'm like, yeah. What is-? And I was, like, so taken aback by the fact that how can dare you confront me about my bad tendencies? And I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, crap. And it wasn't until, like, she ended up living with me for the summer. Because then it happened again where it's like, I really... Because I'm not going to lie, I did feel threatened by you. Because here I was. I was not necessarily the stereotypical girly girl that, like, I thought my mom wanted me to be. And you grew up with brothers. Right. And that's that's the thing. I grew up with sisters. So there's a thing where it's... Because you grew up with brothers. So it's like, you know, with sisters... It's not like a, um, you know, like how you can kind of feel threatened. It's kind of like with sisters, it's a weird thing where it's like, oh, we're both females. So we kind of respond like best, you know, friends, best friends. Right. But then, you know, being women and we all have to deal with so much crap from this male patriarchy world. It's kind of like, hey, we have to be, everybody has to be sisters, you know? So it's just like, oh, you weren't used to that dynamic. We haven't. You know, it was our first time ever living together. Right. So we didn't, you didn't know what was going to happen in all fairness. Yeah. So it was, you know, rightly so. You were anxious and and it's okay that you felt threatened, you know? Yeah, because like my whole purpose of feeling threatened was the fact that like I didn't, like I was happy being who I was. I wasn't necessarily out here just, you know, wearing earrings or wearing yeah. my hair down and stuff like that. And also, it was a big change, and, you know, you're not one for big changes, you know. Right. You have to ease your way into them. Yeah, plus, you know, going through puberty and everything, and you have body issues, and that was happening, and then I kind of felt like, oh, great, my mom's just going to start comparing me to my best friend. Like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I even went as far in my <laughs> way of thinking was like, oh, I'm just going to write Carrie a letter or confront her about it. <laughs> But I in the now thinking about it, it was like wow, I legit was like really going through stuff mentally where I legit just didn't want I just really didn't want 
someone telling me, oh, because um, in my head it just felt like, oh, who you are as a person or how you dress is now how I want you to be. I want you to be like this person, but it's like, I'm okay with it. Why aren't you? You know, that was actually a, a big thing because the thing is, I've never been upset with Brittany. Like, every time that, you know, all these incidences that she's speaking about and she's apologized to me for, I actually didn't see anything for her to apologize about. Like, because I understood it. Like, I came from a dysfunctional family. And, you know, for me, like, what I base, like, families off of and everything is the Irbys. Brittany, mom, her brothers, and her dad, the moose cow. So, like, you know, I that's how I saw for my first time in my life this is a very, this is a healthy black family that, you know, they talk about their issues and they actually care. And they, yeah, they get into fights. What family doesn't? But they would never intentionally try to hurt each other. And for me, that was something new that I didn't see every day coming from the family, dysfunctional family that I came from. So for Brittany to have written that letter for me, and you know, I'm her best friend, like, I, I know she had insecurities. I have them too myself, but I knew what hers were. So I understood it. Eve, I was very introspective as a, as when I was younger. So when you wrote me that letter and everything, I saw really what you were feeling, like on the, like behind the words too. Like I was, so I was like, oh, I know what she's talking about because I grew up with siblings. Like mom, Brittany's mom was my mom. So I'm just going to say mom. If I say my mom, I'll say my crazy mom. That's how you know I'm talking about mine. But mom is a great mom. You know? She's a beautiful she's mom. A, she's, she's the greatest. most amazing she's person ever. I might, I would get into a fight with a huge six foot two guy who has muscles over her. I'd probably get my butt whooped, but I would, we would both defend that woman no matter what. I love her. Legit. That's legit my mom. So I... What was I saying? Lost track for a second. But yeah, no. So, you know, with with some, even though parents can be amazing people like mom is, parents fall short sometimes. And the comparison thing, they don't know that that really does have an impact on us. Mm -hmm. So I knew what Brittany was talking about because my own crazy ass mom does it, did it all the time, but hers was in a bad way. But sometimes it'd be, well, why can't you, you know put on wear like stuff like this you know to my to my crazy mom I wasn't girly enough compared to my sister Deanne you know oh why don't you care about wanting letting us take you to get your eyebrows plucked why do you bite your nails you could have such pretty nails that you could paint pink and everything and you could wear hoop earrings you just don't like wearing earrings so I knew what she was feeling because parents don't know that that does it's kind of, it does make us feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. People in general, you know, when people compare you and they're not valuing your individualism and what makes you unique in you, in a way to us, because of our own insecurity and it all comes down to ego, our ego and everything, you know, it really does get to a person psychologically. And imagine from a young age, too, because we're going through all these crazy, you know, puberty. Because granted, granted, we're going through all these extreme emotions and we're like, we're what, 14, yeah, 13? Yeah, pre-teenage. Like 12 to, 12 to the age of like 
14 legit it's like oh great now you're 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 about to start high school you're gonna like because essentially you were the only like one friend i did have my four like i had a couple of people that i hung out with but it never was that solid connection of like uh, it wasn't a solid enough connection to be like okay i'm gonna stay friends with this person until like years down the line you're talking about a friendship that started when we were like 13 years old yeah, or 20 12, 12 years old and yeah. we're like 26 now yeah. and we're about to be 27 and it's like <laughs> so yeah it's like legit so fast forward um you did not end up going to the same so here we are going to the same elementary school in the same neighborhood thinking oh we're probably going to end up going to the same high school then we graduate eighth grade and then i ended up moving that same month in right. june so she tell so I don't think I cried when you said you were leaving. I was like, we're gonna stay in touch. Yeah. I made it my mission to be like, okay, because it wasn't until like after everything that happened, and I I guarantee you, it was like after like the graduation and we got everything, and it was like during the summer when I realized, wow, the only one person that really cared about me was Carrie. So like I legit like after the dust had settled in my head and everything, and I was like, okay, this was like. This was the one person that really did, during that period of time, th throughout, like, middle school and everything, was, like, this was the one person that was, like, a really true friend. And I was, like, I apologize for my behavior. <laughs> I still apologize, like, every now and then. Like, I remember the first, like, yeah, because I remember the first couple of years when I was, like, I would talk about it. And I was, like, man, like, I felt like such a jackass <laughs> so like i apologize like i legit apologize i forgive you yeah and she's been forgiving me ever since <laughs> but like so we fast forward it's like we graduate she i find out her she tells me i think you called me and you said yeah my because like by this time you had gotten your cell phone yeah and i kind of remember your old phone number but i can't remember it i think it was like what 224 402 1960 yeah i think that was it i don't remember one before that i think now that was it but yeah i it's funny because when i moved it was to the northwest suburbs of illinois so, so like elgin so like what did i used to call it yeah, i don't remember. nowhere places something like that but she ends up moving to elgin i she i think you called me because yeah. we were trying our best to hang out through the summer but i don't think it happened no because we literally moved like i think june 20 literally that month and i remember when right. we got there i was just like i don't know anyone here the only person who's my true friend is really Brittany. And you know what? It wasn't just that. It was like, wow, the only person, because my mom got married to this guy. And I'm just like, wow, she's the only person in this entire world that actually understood me. Oh, so yeah. that made that started making me feel lonely. And I started getting a little more anxious. Like, I've, I've, already, I've always had anxiety since I was in fourth grade. But, like, you know, it started coming back more because I was like, wow. I think the worst thing for humans is when we feel un misunderstood. Like, when people don't understand us. Because yeah. that's all anybody wants, you know. So for someone just to get you and accept you fully. And for me in my life, Brittany was that first person for me. Not even my own family. I couldn't even... Talk how I wanted to talk. Talk about things that I liked, you know, because they would, you know, pick on me and ridicule everything that I would say. So Brittany was the first person to show me that. And then with her family, they were an extension of her. So for me, 
I was like, wow, this is what I thought a family would be. But I knew like, hey, this is what a like this is what my family could be if they really wanted to. Right. Like my crazy dysfunctional family. So that's why I learned like at that time I was like, no, people can choose what if they want to be a jackass or not, in fewer words or not. And like that's how that's how I proceeded, by the way, even till now to associate what it means to actually be a healthy family together is through Brittany and her family, which is now my family also, because I'm in this bitch. You guys cannot get rid of me. So, <laughs> I, I will, I will, share, I will share this. This is for me. I know on my end, I don't know about you, but the the moment that I knew you and I were just going to be destined to be friends was when you told me this. Like, really, we don't have to get into it, but you told me like this. Really, you were crying, and you had you this. Like, no, I, I don't. I, way, I'm, I'm not. I don't remember what I said. No, so. it wasn't that. It was like you had some emotional family um, thing that happened to you, mm-hmm. and you were crying, and I had to console you because you had got this horrible news, and you were crying in the bathroom, and I just remember being there for you, and I'm like, wow, this she's. Okay, I okay. This is my chance to step up and be a real friend and make was, up for the be, no, 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 no. This was like this was like our <laughs> this was like our earlier steps when I knew okay, this really sick, this really solidified, this really like solidified, it. solidified. That's yeah. the word. Solidified our bond as friends from then until now was when me being there for you through this emotional event and me just being there to like, hey, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine. And that was the moment I knew, okay, we're gonna we're definitely gonna be best friends. We're gonna be biffles. <laughs> we're gonna be biffles, best friends for life. Share tragedy, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that really does bond people. It's it like does. Trauma I mean, does bond people. It will show people their true colors though. Yeah. Of what a, who a person really is in like moments of like peril, tragedy, or like something that misfortune tri- yeah misfortune too you really see what a person is like yeah i'm trying to think what had happened i know my it was aunt passed away in 06 and my grandfather passed away that same year and then i know my kind of like sister-in-law was yeah that year too i think it was that yeah i think it was that i found out earlier that yeah I yeah it was that it now. was that and that because you you were just devastated and i was just there yeah. like consoling you in that bathroom and it was like i'm, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to like i'm being there for you most like i was legit at 12 years old just being for there for you emotionally yeah. was like okay yeah this okay by the this. way Brittany's an amazing person because i won't go into details but long story short someone who's almost like a sister-in-law to me basically was unfortunately killed by someone and just a bad person and she was like only a few like she had to be probably like in her early 20s so she was young you know so and like for that's like and no one consulted me like my crazy mom didn't really care for the person like not like she didn't really care for the person because she wasn't really there. Like she, like that. That was like towards the end when, you know, she had met her, the girl, and then so really, you know, and then the person who did care for her, my other half sister, she didn't live with us, so no one understood my. Pa- I had no one else to go to. Now that I think of it, no one that I could talk to about that, but Brittany. So, but yeah, that for me was how like okay this this bond is like forever at this point so 
I get the news you end up transferring. I get the news that you're not going to the same. You're you're not even going to the same high school as me in the city. You're not even going to be in the same, like, like city, basically. Uh, you moved to Elgin, and we just proceed with this four-year uh, friendship of us just calling and texting each other every single chance we got. Two-hour two combos and everything. Brittany's the only person that I could say that I, I think the longest we've talked was three or four hours one time. I'm going to say three hours. I think three. But... but at, least, at least a couple hours. And then once, you know, this is how I knew even into high school that it would last. Because I already knew it would last, but it just solidified it. Was once, like, me and Brittany did get called up into something... Whenever one of us did call the other, it would be just like that, able to catch back up and reconnect. And even now, we actually still do that. Like, you know, right, right now we're recording, you know, during COVID, you know, the pandemic. And yeah, by the way, we're COVID free and we're quarantining. So it's all good in the hood. Don't have to worry about the Rona. Right. But, but yeah, so like even now, like we've, I think... I've been working on some stuff that we'll get into later career-wise. But, um, yeah, I went just a few months without talking. We went a few months. But it's like so much is going on. We It's kind of like we both understand it. Yeah. You know, like that's one thing is like, hey, it's never, it's, there's never been a time where one of us have ever said to each other in 15 years, why have you not called me? Why haven't you updated me? Yada, yada. Yeah, because like those early first four years while we were in high school, we would like we would talk. We would like talk for two hours. We have job experience now, guys. <laughs> we, we have experience. Pretty much, because like <laughs> that was like the first like true test, and that's why I said like we've maintained like this long term friendship for as this long term and long distance friendship for so long. Because like we've done it for four years of just like okay, here we were friends for like two years, and now I find out she's leaving. And now it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her. We're gonna we're gonna talk as much as we can. We finally got cell phones. Mm -hmm. So like I remember like along with like having my friends at high school who I love dearly, like I love every single one of them. And it's like we still talk. Me and Carrie still talk. And we just we just kept calling each other, we kept texting each other, how was your day? How are you doing? What's going on? What's going on with this? And then um, senior year happened. So we're going to move quickly through this because there's not that much like meat in between those yeah. periods. It was just like, we just wanted to make sure we were always talking to one another, no matter what we were doing. Hey, I'm busy mm -hmm. right now. I'll call you back. We would just like talk. So then we end up graduating. I end up like going out to see you for your, what, your 17th, 18th birthday. Oh, it was, um, yeah, it was the 18th birthday first. It was that first. And then the and then um, my graduation party, but eighth, yeah, eighteenth birthday. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> nothing crazy went on. Nothing completely crazy went on, but I just got some the stuff. Evil cackle going on over here. Right, nothing crazy. Let me remind you, nothing crazy ever went on. I am a weenie. I have no like. I well, want a crazy think, one for us. I, pretty I, much, I'm crazy enough for both of us, so I, it's okay. She can live vicariously through me, guys. It's okay. There you go, because like I am a weenie. I am still a big weenie. There are like maybe two things I did, like yeah, two things I did. <laughs> I'll go into that later, but like 
maybe in a future episode I went into, but like I remember that was like the first time I got to meet your friends. Yeah. For like the first, that was the first time I got to meet your friends that you had made in Elgin, like Andres and Tilo yeah. and like everyone. Yeah. And I met them for the first time. The and it was cool. It was yeah. fun. It was the decent. Real, you know, the funny thing is the real friends were actually the ones at my graduation party. The one for the the one for the birthday is like because it was at a friend's garage. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was, you know, I would say it very loose. It was basically a classmate and someone we sit all the time with at lunch, you know, in high school, whoever you sit with at lunch. You're kind of friends, you know, so if they have something going on, you you have to invite them. You can't be at the lunch table talking about it with people and they were like, oh, wait, you have this and I wasn't invited? You just had to do it. So they were like, oh, Carrie's birthday? Hey, you can do it in my garage. And we're like, cool, sweet. So, of course, they invited some of their friends. And I think I told Brittany, she was like, yeah, by the way, we're kind of friends. I'm kind of friends with them, but not really. These are yeah. really my close friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I just didn't want Brittany to think like... You hang out with these sorts of people. Not the Britney. Britney doesn't judge people. I would. She doesn't judge people. But every black person, we have a thing of like not guilty by association, but like, hmm. Let me peep who you keep in your circle. So I want to be like, yo, this ain't my circle. They're just you know part of like my square because of school. But my circle is over there yeah, around I that was, cone. Right. That's the circle. I I didn't that. I, I, she's right. I never really judge. I don't really, I mean, I do, but she not keeps into, her, not, she still keeps it open. Right. I try she not keeps to, keeps it open. Yeah. I tried, I tread lightly. Let's just say that. Yeah. I tread lightly, but that happened. And then eventually, I think it was like the last, I want to say it wasn't my senior year because it was earlier than that when you actually came back in the city and you first met like Chris and Julian and Angel mm-hmm. and Joycey and all them. And we hung out for like a little bit, like, mm-hmm. a, like a tiny bit. Was that at the um, Gay Pride Parade? Did I meet them there? No, that was beforehand. You actually came up to the school, remember? Oh, and you yeah. met my friends because we were like, it was like the day after like... We were all just like, it was after school, you had came, I think it was my sophomore year, my junior year, I want to say, when you first met my friends, mm-hmm. and then you, I don't remember when you started, like, hanging out at the house, like, during the summers, because mm-hmm. I know it was way before we were going to go into Lakeview. Yeah. Not Lakeview, uh, North Park, but. Yeah. University. Yeah. College, people. College. Yeah. We're educated. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> we're partially educated. Partially educated. But guess what? We're fully in debt with student loans, though. That's that, not that, partial. I don't want to talk about that. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it later. But <laughs> So, we fast forward. Um, event, so, we make it um, our priority that we're going to end up going to the same college together because we didn't get to experience going to high school together. That was my bad. I, I want to say this on the podcast so that it is noted and recorded. I didn't force you to go, but I definitely heavily influence you. Like, hey, forget Roosevelt. Forget these places. Come on. Let's just go to school together. Like, we both want to do psychology. Come on. Why not? Um, Come on. You're you're actually, with this, um, with this going on, you're actually giving me, like, definite like ideas for like future episodes Good. so you're good gonna, you're giving me ideas for future episodes so what ends up happening is um so i might be a recurring guest star guys so. that might be not might be so i'm gonna have you download this app and good you're gonna, good <laughs> you're gonna be on here 
I've I've stuck myself more into her life. <laughs> Just kidding. What? Why you got it? Anyway, so back, being back on track because we tend to go on tangents Wait, a lot. Me, sorry to cut you off real quick, but sorry, it's the pandemic. I don't know how to talk to people anymore because we've been quarantining. So yeah, my social skills are a little a little wonky. So forgive me. <laughs> so. Fast forward, we end up um, going to applying to North Park University in Chicago. We both get accepted. Woo! We're smart. Yee. Actually, it wasn't even my first choice. My first choice was Roosevelt, but North Park answered quicker and they gave me a grant. (laughs) So what ends up happening is, originally, here's the thing, because this is where your crazy ass mama plays into. (laughs) So originally, we put on my form, because your first year at, um, your first year at North Park as an 18 year old, you have to stay on campus. My application for a roommate was going to be Carrie. But by this time, she had just recently revealed to me that her mom didn't like me. (laughs) I don't want to go into why her mom didn't like me, because I'm not, I refuse to give that woman any. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I refuse to give that woman any type of like. No airtime, forget her. This is our time. Pretty much. So, (laughs) what ends up happening, she didn't like me, so she ended up picking somebody else to be her roommate. I'm sorry. Behind my back. Not Carrie, her mother. She did. I'm really sorry for that. That that wasn't your fault. I didn't blame you for that. I know, but I'm sorry that she did that because she got the thing in the mail and she filled it out and sent it in for me. Right. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, so what ends up happening, we don't even... So, not only did we try to become, like, roommates during this whole thing, because, you know, we're the only two people that know each other. We got each other's back. So, it's like, okay, great, we're going to be... Nope, nope, nope. So, what ends up happening next is we do end up going to the same university. Um, I meet her roommate. She meets my roommate. And then, yeah, just... Years of going to school just kind of burned me out. Like I'm it's not gonna not lie. It's not for everyone. I will say. This. I will say this. And Elon Musk says it also. Just because you, like, you can't equate intelligence to college and to high. What is it? Higher? Not higher power. Higher learning. Higher learning. Thank you. I will say this as somebody who has gone to college for two years and dropped out. I let me. Just me too. You, Woo! You went for one year. One and a half. See, one three and a half. semesters. Get she it went right? for one. Because here was the crazy <laughs> thing, and I always After say this. Mom says, "Say it." <laughs> Here is one thing I will say. It was like it was funny because it was like we basically. I, I kind of jokingly, I jokingly say like, "You mean to tell me she convinced me to go to this college <laughs> and she dropped out before me?" <laughs> so she drops out. So I still continue to go because, you know, I, even though I'm... Was it one more semester or two more? Yeah, I went for one more semester. <laughs> so, like... You stuck it out, like, longer, though? I did. I really didn't want to quit, but I was miserable my first year. Because, like, me being... Like, I missed my friends because, like, for the past four years, aside from Carrie, I was, like, building this strong friendship with these people. I was, like, these are my people. These are... This is my... These my family. This is my biracial dysfunctional family. (laughs) I had built this like strong friendship with these people for the past four years, and I was missing them because like most of them, I I attribute it to this for my gener my like my friend group or the people I went to high school with. We were all at this point either we were going to college, we were working, or we were doing both. 
Mm-hmm. And that is a strong thing you can say. And I applaud every single one of anybody who graduated with me. If you are listening to this, if you're not, um, I attribute that because that was kind of like the like thing that was what we were all doing. But for me, it was like I felt so out of place. I felt so like by myself because, sorry, uh, here I was like in this this new place. I'm still that shy, closed off person. Only this time I'm, like, walking around the campus wearing these graphic tees of, like, these metal bands and, like, the stuff I love and the stuff I enjoy that has been there for me. And I just didn't find anybody that got it. Like it was a lot of yuppies, you know? Here's, a- here's the thing. It's like, I'm a black female going to a predominantly white college in a city of Chicago. The most you encounter is, like, there's not that many kids that are from the city that go to the college. Yeah, a lot from a lot were from uh, Michigan, Michigan, Wisconsin, like Texas, Ohio. Uh, where's Kansas at? Like Midwest. Yeah, kinda. I so, think I'm not yeah. really sure. <laughs> so a lot of them don't have a lot of diversity already in their like cities or small towns. So most of them came to Chicago because Chicago is a predominantly diverse city. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. It's not COVID, guys. It's just a sneeze. It's just a sneeze. So, what ends up happening, like, I'm on a floor with, I will say this, I'm like the only black girl, (coughs) bless you, on my floor. Still not COVID. On my floor. And I just, I didn't fit in, to be honest with you, and to make a long story short, I just didn't fit in. Also, we had a lot of Swedish students. We went to a Swedish, like, kind of school, you know, and it was, they, we had a lot of international students from Sweden. So these tall, blonde hair people, like Hitler Youth, but like, you know, without the, you know, hell Hitler, you know, was, you know, like, oh, but from sweet, no, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys, I apologize, I, I shouldn't do that. She, I, one, I, I will don't say this. I know how to do a Swedish accent, I don't even know why I attempted it. I will say this, Carrie, it's, it's, it's weird, because like, I remember early on in our friendship, I would always joke with Carrie, like, you know what, for somebody that is so outwardly extroverted she's really an introvert and she (laughs) hides it really well because she's actually a very awkward noodle i will go on record (laughs) saying that if you really know the real carrie you know she just rambles on trying to make filler conversations and i've noticed it and i'm like what is wrong with you like you're more awkward than me it's my so it's actually low-key like social awkwardness social yeah like people think oh you're outgoing like but it's socially awkwardness. Like, right. I, like, I don't, like, not, this isn't really anymore, but I used to not like silences. I couldn't, when I was younger, I just, even in, at North Park, I didn't like silences. Because I'm like, for me, I don't like, I don't like not having control back then of the conversation. Because to me, no one really knew besides Brittany and then in high school, a couple of my best other best friends. They didn't know about people don't know about my home life because I keep it private. Right. It's kind of like I'm not gonna we're not gonna give airtime to my crazy mom. Same thing. I'm not going to give you know public airtime to my crazy dysfunctional family because if anyone, everyone, that's an easy conversational starter for people. Family. Right. And I'm like, that's not my, that's not a go to for me. Because, you know, I don't I, I don't lie. That's one thing about me. I don't lie. So if people are going to ask me a question, you know, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, steer clear of, like, the family topic. You know, for me, it's taboo because I don't relate who I am and everything to them. 
You know, and it's not because I think that I'm better than them. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I just feel we could be born into a family, but that's just blood relatives. Right. A family is what you all can bring to it because you're creating a community. And with Brittany's family, they've created a community of love, communication, trust, and honesty. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really value. And also, you know, in her family, they do, they accept you for who you are. They're not judgmental people, you know, and they're full of love. That's the big thing. And just for anyone. Right. You know, they, like, they, they would help somebody if someone was in need, they would help them without even having to think about it. You know, like, they're just really stand up people and... Yeah, so I'm from this family. Yeah, because <laughs> like to, to we created together. To go off topic a bit, the, so one of the best examples I use as to why my friends call my mom Mama Irby and they love her so much is because like my mom didn't know Carrie from a can of paint, and I told her, "Hey, is it cool if my friend stays over the summer because she doesn't want to stay with her mom?" She's like, "Yeah, that's fine." Legit, no questions asked, nothing, just, okay, she she can sleep here, Kurt just moved out, my older brother moved out, she can sleep here. Okay, that's fine. I had but, a room in the family. Right, and then, like, another one was, like, when my dad, it was, like, he was just, he was getting to know my friends, my friends were coming, because this was, like, one of the things that built my friendship with my friends, like, Chris and Julian, was, like, they would, and Brian and Ramon, they would come over and we would just play video games all day. And we would just, like, hang out and just play video games. And then one day, my friends were just coming around so much. Like, there are times when my dad was, like, offering his clothes to my friends because, hey, does Chris want these pants? Does Chris want these shoes? And they were like, okay. And I'm like, okay. Those are officially his kids now. These are his adopted children. That's what made me, like, as soon as we were talking one time, and I always will remember it. Brittany, I thought I did something wrong because she yelled. She's like, what? And I was and I was confused. She's like, "That's it. That's your mom too." So, right. like, she was like, "You can call her that. You can say it. That's your mom too. You don't have to say like Mrs. Irby or whatever. That's your mom." And then that was the first time for me that I really felt like this is going to last forever. Right. I'm in the family. She just said I'm family. Cause Brittany isn't like a mushy, sensitive person. You know, she has a lot of feelings. You know, but, you know, to get Brittany to say something sentimental, when she does do it, it means a heck of a lot. Yeah. So for her to just say that, I, w- I was gonna... she didn't want me to make a big deal out of it, but... No, 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 <laughs> it's true, because, like, th- th- when I was, like, when I was much younger, and I was a much different person back then, yeah, I was like that, but now I've, like... I've kind of like at one point when I turned 25, I was like, okay, this is like, this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. I'm just going to be this, this person. But slowly with the help of one of my coworkers at work was like, okay, you're like this, but you don't have to be like this. And it's like at that point when it's like, wow, I could definitely try to be a better person. So like, I am a little bit, you know what? I won't even say a better person. I, like I want to clear I think it's literally just allowing it because you know there's people there are people that don't like to see people cry it doesn't mean that you know they're heartless I mean some people are heartless but I'm right. saying like 
you know, there are things that make people uncomfortable, and that's okay. You know what I mean? But as long as it's not with with malice. Right. And you're never with malice. No. So, like, you know, now you're like, you know what? Sometimes, like, people, they have to get their emotions out. Right. You know, who am I to tell them, hey, can you keep that kind of bottle in and take it over? You right. know? And I think, you know, that's the thing that happens when we get older. You know, you it was having more empathy and understanding it, though. Because you didn't really right. understand it. That's I, the thing. But you... Un- you have, we have to learn these things as we get older. You understood, you know what? I don't know what else that they could be going through. They probably really need this, and I'm going to let them have it. Right. Cause I think for me, Regar- it's... We're sorry to cut you off one last time. Yeah. Regardless of, like, it making you uncomfortable. Right. You know, and that shows what type of a good person you are. That, you know what? You're going to allow them to do it, even if it does make you feel a little uncomfortable. Right. And that's what makes you a good person, Brittany Irby. So I think it was your full name. Right. So I think for me, for me, it's more or less not me becoming a better person. It's more or less me becoming a better empath. Yes. And being more empathetic. Because for years, for years, I just never really learned how to be a better empath. So I'm getting a thing stating that this segment can only be 60 minutes. So I think we're going to do a part two. Ooh, for this high five that's what so that was. we're gonna cut it off here and then we're gonna continue. last words uh no we're first? gonna just cut right here and then we're just gonna start like a second episode see you guys on the second episode bye